Hi there, this is Glenn. And this is Linda Dawson, and you're listening to Preparing Our Hearts for Worship podcast. Christmas is a coming, Linda, and we've started our themes for this season. Yes, and we've got another Christmas song this week. Tell us about it. It's for sure the most popular Christmas song ever written. I think so, Linda. Silent Night has been requested and played more than any other Christmas carol. Today we will look at the history of this wonderful old Christmas carol. Let's recite the words. Silent night, holy night, all is calm and all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight. The glory stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing Alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Silent night, holy night, Son of God's love, pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. It was 205 years ago when Silent Night was first heard by Austrian villagers attending Christmas Eve Mass in St. Nicholas Church. How did this simple melody, with its words of comfort, become a beloved hymn of peace throughout the world? It's a song about a calm and bright silent night and the wonder of a tender and mild newborn child. Words written in 1816 by a young priest in Austria, Joseph Moore, not long after the Napoleonic Wars had taken their toll. Joseph Moore was born an illegitimate child on December the 11th, 1792, in Salzburg. He became a Catholic priest in August 1850. Only after receiving special papal dispensation, then required for illegitimate persons entering the priesthood. Moore's final resting place. Moore's final resting place is in the tiny alpine ski resort of Wagran, where he died penniless in 1848. He donated his modest earthly fortune for the education of the children in the community. Today, Joseph Moore School stands, today the Joseph Moore School stands as a fitting memorial, only yards away from the grave of the man who wrote the words that were heard round the world. Franz Gruber, who composed the melody, was born on 25th of November, 1787. He became a teacher and later moved to Arnstorf. The rooms where he lived and worked can still be seen on the second floor of the Arnstorf schoolhouse. But Gruber obviously did not spend all his time composing music. He fathered a dozen children by three different wives. In 1839, the Gruber family left Arnstorf. His grave now lies next to the family's former home there, and is adorned with a Christmas tree each December. 
times had been hard in Aldorf. Many people worked on the water, manning the salt barges that piled up all over the river. The upheaval of the Central Europe caused by the Napoleonic Wars had just ended, and only two years before, the dreadful dark summer 1816 later blamed on the ash from the volcanic eruptions in Indonesia had caused the famine and deprivation. In 1818, a roving band of actors was performing in towns throughout the Austrian Alps. On December the 23rd, they arrived at Oberndorf, a village near Salzburg, where they're to reenact the story of Christ's birth in the small church of St. Nicholas. Unfortunately, the St. Nicholas church organ wasn't working and would not be repaired before Christmas. Because the church organ was out of commission, the actors presented their Christmas drama in a private home. That Christmas presentation of the events in the first chapters of Matthew and Luke put Assistant Pastor Joseph Moore in a meditative mood. Instead of walking straight home that night, Moore took a longer way to his house. The longer path took him up on a hill overlooking the village. From the hilltop, Moore looked down on the peaceful snow-covered village. Reveling in majestic silence of the winter night, Moore gazed down at the Christmas card-like scene. His thoughts about the Christmas play he had just watched made him remember a poem that he'd written years before. That poem was the night the angels announced the birth of the long-awaited Messiah to the shepherds on the hillside. Moore decided those words might make a good carol for his congregation the following evening at their scheduled Christmas Eve service. The one problem was that he didn't have any music to which that poem could be sung. So the next day, Moore went to see the church organist, Franz Gruber. Gruber only had a few hours to compose a melody, which could be sung with a guitar. However, by that evening, Gruber had managed to compose a musical setting for the poem. Gruber chose a special musical style for the melody. It's an Italian song form that was really popular in the 17th and 18th centuries. It's meant to mimic the sound of water. It's associated with gondoliers in Venice or Italian fishermen. It is thought that it's because most of the congregation that were listening that evening were workers on the river. They were either ship captains or ship workers. That the church organ was inoperable no longer mattered to Moore and Goober. They had a Christmas carol that could be sang without the organ. On Christmas Eve, the small congregation heard Goober and Moore sing to the new composition to the accompaniment of Goober's guitar. Weeks later, a well-known organ builder arrived to fix the organ in St. Nicholas Church. When he had finished, he stepped back to let Gruber test the instrument. When Gruber sat down, his fingers began playing the simple melody he had written for Moore's Christmas poem. Deeply impressed, the organ builder took copies of the words and music of Silent Night back to his own alpine village. 
Their two well-known families of singers, the Rainers and the Strassers, heard it. Captivated by Silent Night, both groups put the new song into their Christmas season shows. Twenty years after Silent Night was written, the Rainers brought the song to the United States, singing it in German at New York City's Trinity Church. In 1863, nearly 50 years after being sung in German, Silent Night was translated into English by either Jane Campbell or John Young. Eight years later, an English version made its way to print in Charles Hutchinson's Sunday School Class Hymnal. In Austria, Silent Night is considered a national treasure. Traditionally, the song may not be played publicly before Christmas Eve, and any commercial use of the 180-year-old carol is forbidden. Contrast that with the situation in most other countries, where you are likely to hear Silent Night playing in the local shopping mall or even as part of a radio or TV commercial. Nevertheless, Silent Night enjoys a revered position among Christmas carols all over the world, no matter what it may be called or in which language it may be performed. Since 1818, Silent Night has been translated from German in, into hundreds of languages. There are about a dozen different translations just in English, with an 1850s version, the most widely accepted one, on the Western Front in 1914 during World War I. It was sung during a spontaneous Christmas truce between the Allies and German soldiers who had been slaughtering each other hours before. It's been performed in rap music, Bing Crosby, did it, and Mormon Tabernacle Choir. There are gospel and heavy music versions, yet it is the intimacy of the words, the scene, and the music that has soothed listeners for two centuries. As I think about this night, I remember he humbled himself and took on the form of man. This was a night that all heaven took notice. Angels sang, and wise men took note. A king for eternity was born. Joseph Moore described it in his carol as a quiet and peaceful night, and a peaceful little boy laying in the manger. Truth is, there lay the Prince of Peace and Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Think of that. God Almighty taking on the form of man and laying in a lowly manger with animals. This is the one that spoke everything into existence with his words. This was no accident. It was by his intentions. Oh, the wonder of that. This is the one we call Lord Jesus. This was our God. This is the gift of himself to us. This is the greatest Christmas gift ever. As heaven watches from on high, it had to be a glorious event. I feel such an awe as I picture this time of blessing to the earth. This indeed is the most special time. Our God come to us in physical form and grew up 
with the same temptations, problems, and challenges that we face. He lived on the earth and worked as a carpenter like Joseph did. This was a man made of love. He lived here without committing one sin. His life was perfect. He was indeed a spotless sacrifice, holy and acceptable, holy and acceptable for our sin debt. He was the only qualified one for this sacrifice. His ministry began after he was baptized. He began showing that the law was given to us to show us our sinful condition. No one but him can say they lived a perfect life. All we see in history of the Bible and on the media and everywhere today tells us that. We are by nature a sinful people. We are so much in need of a Savior. Not one of us can say that we're without sin. We, by nature, place our trust in ourselves. In everything we do, we're selfish. We always place ourselves first. We make ourselves God. Our Lord looks on us and has compassion in spite of that. God loves us anyway. Even though he is a God that cannot look on sin, he is a holy God. We are a sin problem for a God that loves us. John 3.16 says he loves us so much he came on this night that we remember at this time for us, you and I. If you ask me why, I'm not sure I could sufficiently explain that. I know he loved us, but I'm not sure why he loved us this much. A day finally came when he willingly endured the beating, humiliation, torture, and death on a cruel cross. We usually remember these things, but do you realize he actually took our sin upon himself and suffered the consequences for us there as the father turned his back on him? He hung there until it was finished. And then he gave up the ghost. He suffered. He bled. He died. And he was put in the tomb. He conquered death and came back to life in three days later. This solved the sin problem for God. Just one thing God asks is that we trust him. He has proven his love to us by giving the supreme sacrifice as his payment for our sin debt. Do you know what this means to trust God? The Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. If you trust someone, you believe them, you listen to them, you follow their loving commandments. When you mess up, and you will, you tell him you are sorry, mean it, and ask him to help you. You do this till he calls you home for your reward. He didn't promise your life would be at, without problems. We live in an imperfect world with naturally sinful people, with free wills created like God in that way. The sin in this world is caused by men influenced by the evil one. We can expect that 
this will cause us problems. God did say he will go with us and he'll help us through these problems. He will never leave us or forsake us. There is a day coming. There's a day coming when God says he's coming back and will destroy the wicked one. And this place that he resides now. And make us a new and perfect one. Now, if we do not believe, there remains no sacrifice. Faith and trust is our only victory. As we see this little baby in the manger, let's not forget why he is there and all of what he's done for us. Believe on him. Ask him into your heart and your life. Release the control of your life to him. Let go and let God. Now let's listen to Glenn as he plays Silent Night on the clarinet.
It's great when you stop by. We love to visit with you. You always bless our hearts when we hear of your visit. New folks are great to see, and old friends are a delight. Making friends that we will know forever is especially sweet. As we travel down the God's Ministry Road, we certainly are enjoying the trip. We are getting our stamina back, and we are looking at some new things to bring you. We thank you for your prayers. We are setting up a video studio to add a video stream to YouTube. We want to bring you new content that will bless you on down the road to heaven. It's been an exciting challenge to get it going. Our distributors of our program need to know what programs people listen to. And those programs that have been watched the most get distributed to the most people. We're working hard to prepare a program that is interesting and enjoyable and also be a blessing. You can let us know any suggestions how we might make these improvements. You can help us a lot by subscribing to our channels on your provider of the service you are listening to us on. By subscribing, you help us get our numbers up, and for most of the providers, it will cost you nothing. You won't be put on a mailing list and spammed. This only tells the providers of the service that you like us and enjoy the program. So subscribe to us. For example, on YouTube, press the thumbs up button when you see it. Then press subscribe. You can also click on the bell if you'd like to be reminded when our podcast has been uploaded. In addition to our podcast, we have a quickly growing list of songs that you can listen to for free. The music we have released on the web can be found by searching for The Music of Glenn Dawson. Be sure to subscribe to that too. The Glenn Dawson Evangelistic Association is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. There is no charge for this ministry. Anything we receive goes 100% into the ministry to pay for ministry expenses. We never ask for money, and there are no salaries for this work. No one is making anything from it. All of our podcasts are stored on the web, and you can find them by searching for Preparing Our Hearts for Worship podcast. That way you can catch up on those podcasts you might have missed. Hey, we love you guys, and we're looking forward to seeing you again real soon. God bless you, and bye for now.